Hello, and welcome to You Like the Worst Stuff. Off the top, we're one episode away from 500 shows. What a milestone. No sense putting it off. This is as good a time as any to make my big announcement. Cat listeners, I'm retiring from podcasting forever. Effective immediately. No, you're not. You love the sound of your own voice. True, it is the most perfect and beautiful sound known to man. But I'm sorry, my mind's made up. Nothing can make me stay. Joe and Joe aren't here. That means even more of your voice. Ooh, tempting. And we can talk about something they both hate, like maybe Final Fantasy. Okay, forget it. I'm in. We're ranking our top three Final Fantasy games and probably more. Who knows? This week on episode 499. The stuff you like is bad. The stuff we like is worse. You like the worst stuff. The pop culturally questionable podcast. Worsting it up since 2011. Press start in three, two, one. Okay, we didn't do proper intros before. I'm nope, Kat nope, Riley, nope. and this is Tony Sadowski. Hey, everybody. Happy to be <laughs> podcasting, unretired already. <laughs> <laughs> So before we dive into Final Fantasy this week, we just wanted to chat about the Super Mario Wonder Direct real quick. Yes. Are you excited for this game, Cat? Super Mario Wonder is coming. It's just a, yes. just over, just about a month and a half, two months away. Yeah, it looks super cute, and I'm excited to give it a try. It does. It looks great. Every time I see more of it, I get more excited to play it. Now, I know that if Foreman were here... He would be giving a begrudging, I'm curious to see what it's going to do, but I hate Mario 2D games kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I do not. I enjoy them very much. And this one looks like a pretty clever take on the old formula. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hopeful for it. I still, I'm I'm still holding out hope for Odyssey 2, but yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'd say yeah. I would play another one of those in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. But it I do great. like a good 2D Mario and this one is doing some interesting things beyond the the weird talking flowers that are everywhere who are going to have that kind of navvy effect of things <laughs> talking to you the whole time. Yeah. Um, and and the, the, the weird new powers that they've been showing off, there are a few more of those this time. Uh, uh-huh. you, you've, we've seen Elephant before. Yes. Um, but this time we got to see, if you haven't seen the video, check it out. You can see uh, the elephant forms of the whole host of other characters you can play as. And there are a lot in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you go through, it's it's the you know the regular cast of the front four, right? You've got your Mario, Luigi, right. Peach, and Toad. You can also mm-hmm. play as Daisy. Uh, you have like a couple of like Yoshi's in there. There's just all <laughs> kinds of different characters you can pick, which is kind of neat. Expanding yeah. the cast a little bit, mm-hmm. and a few of the the few of the uh, newer characters serve as the quote easy mode for this game. Yes, yes, which is neat. It's a cool way to do it. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, was it. Oh, which was the the Wii one that they brought to the Switch that I didn't get to play? Uh, or the Super Mario 3D World? Yeah, 3D. Yeah, I think it was 3D World. Where, where you could play the Toad and the only way you could dive was by falling in a hole. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That reminds me of Yeah, that. so it's, it's going to be interesting. And I like that they... Uh, one thing I didn't think we'd ever see was a Yoshi riding a Yoshi. I still don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Yoshi on Yoshi, not something I really wanted in a game, but we're getting uh-huh. it. Yeah. Yep, super cute. So anything really stand out as like really exciting or interesting in this video to you? Uh no, I don't I don't think so. Not in particular. I just, you know, I'm excited for the game in general. I found myself I uh, I mean, I was watching it with the kids and I was nerding uh-huh. out about a couple of just the things as I, I really like when I'm in one of these platformers. 
Uh-huh. I re- I was looking for the different mechanics that they were going to throw, right? Mm, and they yeah. borrowed the the kind of silhouette level thing from the Donkey Kong Country games, um, oh, right. mm-hmm. which is fine. We've seen it before. But then just a couple of other clever things. Like, you know, there's a – I think we saw a couple of enemies like throwing fireballs back and forth and like playing catch with each other. So you have to keep jumping over and dodging it while you're on – Another moving platform. I kind of yeah. a few elements of this game. I, I mm-hmm. was noting to the kids when I saw it looked like people at Nintendo had been playing other really cool platformers for the last ten years and decided to take notes. <laughs> so like I saw bits that looked like Celeste. I saw mm-hmm. little bits that like reminded me of just other really cool platformers, and I'm excited to see that in a Mario kind of world. So it'll be mm-hmm. neat. Yeah, um, I didn't make that connection because I haven't played Celeste. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's completely recommended. It's very cool, mm-hmm. um, and forgiving. It's a tough mm-hmm. game, but you you just if you die, you just start right over. It doesn't matter. Um, oh, that's good. And uh, one thing I, I felt about this one, a lot of just the the brute power of the the elephant characters, um, a lot of the hats. There were a lot of hats now. Mm-hmm. I got a strong uh, Wario Land vibe. Mm-hmm. which I didn't expect to pop mm-hmm. up here, but yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. I, I was thinking of that, like, okay, he used to wear hats and, like, push stuff around, and this game has right? quite a lot of that. Yeah. So, interesting for them to pull from, like, a lot of different platform wells in maybe Nintendo and non-Nintendo history, and I'm excited to see what weird blend uh, pops out with Mario Wonder later this year. It looks cool. Yep. Yeah. So now, I guess the main event, right? Woohoo! So we, we've, we've got a topic we've kind of been holding on to for a rainy day, right, Kat? Yep, we've been waiting to talk about this for a while. <laughs> Go for it. Give the intro. So earlier this summer, NPR posted an article called We Rank the Top 10 Final Fantasy Mainline Games. And Tony and I are longtime Final Fantasy fans, so we mm-hmm. thought it would be fun to go through the list and then share our top three. Yeah, yeah, this is only this isn't too, too old, so you can probably find it on the old NPR.org. You don't have to search too far. It was back in June. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, the uh, the writer was uh, Andy Bickerton, great name, and mm-hmm. uh, Andy summed up, of course, that they love Final Fantasy and uh, one and sometimes love makes you do dra- drastic things, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, the dra- <laughs> the drastic action that Andy took here was uh, ranking their favorite yeah. Final Fantasies, which is pretty fun. Yeah. Um, so honest, obviously, a list like this is a completely subjective. Um, mm-hmm. But I wondered in our personal play history, if we were to go through this list and just give thoughts on each of these games, if we played them, because I don't have as much of a connection to the more recent games, Kat. Um, right. But I was I, I started playing with, I guess, would have been I had the first Final Fantasy on the NES and mm-hmm. then, of course, played the two on the SNES. And that was really where I cut my teeth on JRPGs and fell in love with the whole genre and played it for, a, you know, a solid decade or more, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I played many of these games, but yeah, Final Fantasy quote two on the Super NES was the uh, the one that really made me fall in love with the series. So I, I was curious where our favorites would fall as we went down the list. Yeah, and I also have not played all of them. Um, I started with nine on the PlayStation, and mm-hmm. um, well, actually, I think I had it on my PS2 <laughs> to be fair, because <laughs> right. um, it was backwards compatible, and then um, I don't like mmos so i did not play 11 or 14 yes i have Um, to i have to telegraph that as well i definitely skipped those and i didn't have a ps3 and so i never got around to playing 13 and its uh counterparts so yeah very good alas (laughs) so shall we go through the list 
I would love to. backwards order which is kind of you know they do a countdown sort of thing yeah that makes sense so at number 10 what do they have well they do an honorable mention first oh okay let's give some love here yeah final fantasy 8 interesting did not have 8 on the main list a lot of people absolutely love 8 but i feel like it's a pretty divisive one Either uh-huh. it's your absolute favorite thing ever or you're like, eh, it was fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I loved it. Um, I think I played that after nine and I went back and played eight. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it. It doesn't make my top three, but. Oh, I, I agree. I think mm-hmm. I thought the soundtrack was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, when it came out, it had a very different feel. It was a little more in the real worldy. These are more human direction. Uh, mm-hmm. After the kind of polygon little, you know, squatty things that were Final Fantasy seven, as mm-hmm. impressive as those were at the time coming out of the, the 16 bit era, mm-hmm. uh, this game just it was their first foray into that. We we look like human beings vibe. And it was really cool. Right. Uh, that just mm-hmm. felt neat to me at the time to see a Final Fantasy doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so good honorable mention. I get it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so at number 10, they have Final Fantasy five. And okay. as as far as that, I can't, I tried to play two or three of the ones that released on Nintendo handhelds. Okay. And it was just such a different experience than playing on the PlayStation. And <laughs> after I had played nine and eight, that I don't think I finished any of them. Gotcha. So I, I don't think it's fair for me to judge the uh, earlier games before, before say seven. I get you. I get you. I had this one on... They did a a port on the PlayStation at some point of mm-hmm. Final Fantasy V and VI. Mm-hmm. And I had this as part of, I think it was a little like set, one of those double CD jewel case thing, Final Fantasy Anthology or something like that. Right. And I played five as part of that. So it was on the PlayStation at the time. Final Fantasy V wasn't one that really I would have been able to experience as a kid mm-hmm. and fall in love with in the same way that I did the others. So I didn't have the nostalgia for it. But Mm -hmm. I appreciated what it was trying to do. I didn't love the experience, but there were a lot of games that played with that kind of job system and things later that, you know, became a staple in in Uh so many uh, RPGs. So it was interesting. But, Uh uh, you know, ultimately, I I get why it's higher up on the list. It's sillier. Uh Um, So it's got kind of a a sense of humor and, you know, wackiness to it. But Uh I appreciate that always. But I think I just kind of, um, you know, it didn't stick with me in the way the others did. Um, so number nine, they have Final Fantasy One, the original. Yeah, I remember banging my head against uh, that game, trying to get good at it. And it was a game that showed you early on that you really did have to put in the time and grind. Uh-huh. And as a kid, that was not something I was wired to do. I had to come back to it later and really dig into it uh-huh. after I'd played other games in the series and kind of got, you know, that you had to get good before you could go wandering yeah. up to fight Garland in the castle and all that stuff. 
So Mm -hmm. I had better luck with it playing when I was a bit older than when I was a kiddo with an NES. Yeah, I remember when I had an NES and, you know, you'd go to the video store and, you know, you'd borrow a video game for the Mm -hmm. weekend or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I remember just being completely perplexed by The Legend of Zelda, the original game. And so, yeah, I definitely, as a kid, I wouldn't have gotten the Final Fantasy series probably either. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but the, you know, the overworld map and stuff like that. I mean, uh-huh. it just, it it presents as something sprawling and different than other games. Uh-huh. And having also played uh, The Adventures of Link on the NES, uh-huh. where they do a bit of an overworld plus side-scroller thing as well, uh-huh. um, that was just more interesting to me. It felt more alive and cartoony and fun. Uh, mm-hmm. But this was certainly a, I mean, this kicked it off, right? This started everything. And yeah. there are interesting elements here. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it was a success because they went on to do umpteen million more of them. It um, certainly was not the Final Fantasy. No, it was definitely not <laughs> final by any means. Uh, but if you go back now, you're not going to find a heck of a lot in terms of a killer story or, uh, you know, yeah. you're going you're gonna to find some familiar melodies that they carried through the series, which is really cute. But nothing that's really going to jump out in terms of the uh, what this series went on to become, story-wise and gameplay-wise yeah. even. NPR does point out that this is the game that invented the concept of using airships for travel in an RPG. So, Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. And uh, it, it notes that this the dungeons are just difficult enough to challenge you without making you want to rage quit. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm just, I don't know. I definitely wanted to rage quit back in the day. So it, <laughs> it was one that you, um, you know. You needed mm-hmm. to really work for. And that was something that was new to me. Like, you know, when I first started, I, I've probably name checked before. Mega Man 3 is one of my first NES games that I got that Christmas. I got the console mm. and that game killed me. It was mm. so hard. I didn't. My brain was not wired for that game. And my <laughs> dad had just seen it on the shelf at Toys R Us and picked up the ticket right when he bought the console mm-hmm. for me or Santa did. Right. Mm-hmm. And but I at that point, I kind of knew what was going on. And dad was just really excited for me to play that game. So I kind of had this weird Catholic kid guilt pit in my stomach for mm-hmm. not liking the game that he thought I was going to be really into. So I went back to it a few months later and then really put in the time and figured everything out. And I that started my love affair with that series, too. I still love a Mega Man game. So he was mm-hmm. right. It was something I ended up completely loving. But mm-hmm. it was a learning experience. I had to really think about it in a way that wasn't you know, as intuitive mm-hmm. or even as simple, honestly, as, as challenging as they could be as one of the Mario games and those kind of things that I was playing more at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So number eight is, I'm, I'm devastated to see it so low on this list, Final <laughs> Fantasy 15. Yeah. I, I yeah. thought you might have a, here you go. It starts out with, oof, get out your pitchforks. Yes. And <laughs> I thought this might be divisive. 15 is clearly well-loved. Yes, it is very well loved. Um, uh, you know they the Japanese term waifu. I say Ignis is my <laughs> husbando, which is the male counterpart to the waifu. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love. I would say that I would say Final Fantasy fifteen is my number two favorite. Um, it's it's a beautiful game. I. Is it old enough we can spoil it? Twenty sixteen. Oh, go for it. Go. By the yeah, way, when- if you don't want any spoilers. You just skip like 30, 60 seconds and you'll be fine. Yeah. When when Ignis loses his sight, I was just devastated. And Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. 
it is a it is a game that takes full advantage of modern storytelling techniques yes. you know so. yes and i i do i am firmly in the camp that graphics are not everything but the, this game is just beautiful it is it mm-hmm. is nice yeah, yeah. I, here's the thing i don't really any and you know this well about me i don't as much as i was impressed at the time by final fantasy 8 when they went back in the old school style with nine, it was more in my fantasy nerd style. So as the mm-hmm. game went on toward these we are human beings style, it kind of lost some of the appeal for me. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that um, was it was interesting to see that so high on the list, though. Mm-hmm. Number seven is perhaps the most controversial pick on this list because it's Final Fantasy 16 and it's not even out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it Ridiculous. is out, but it's it, nobody's played it. <laughs> Nobody yeah. that I know has played it. Nope. And the, the NPR article says, I know what you're thinking. Isn't it a little too early to compare Final Fantasy 16 to the other classics on this list? It yeah. literally just came out. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I haven't played it, so I definitely cannot say. Same. Um, I have not. Yeah. I, but I'm just going to have to wait. Maybe it's fantastic. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. You would assume that by this point in the series, having come off of 15, which is an incredible mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. Uh, they were going to do something that was going to try to one up that in terms of story, in terms of graphics quality by this point. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm curious, you know, but I haven't played it yet. So yeah. it's hard for yeah. me to say, but I, you, you know, if, if they're saying it is that good that it bears putting on this list Foreman uh-huh. again, I always thought the name check him while he's not here, but he always says like the newest one in the series, like newer games should just be theoretically better. They should have uh-huh. more to them and have beefed up on the things that people loved. So yeah, uh-huh. here's hoping. <laughs> yeah. And better controls and things like that. Right, yeah. right, right. It just fine tunes uh, the formula and keeps, you know, keeps, right. it, keeps it evolving. Yeah. So um, I just I'm gonna wait for a sale and some when I have some more free time and yeah. then maybe I'll dive in. So yeah, it's it's hard. This was the year of, of Zelda, and mm-hmm. I've been playing um, Horizon throughout the year, so I just didn't have room in my heart at this point for something so beefy. <laughs> I knew I wasn't gonna be able to dig into it, and you yeah. know, at some point, like you said, on a mm-hmm. sale on a whim, I may dig in. Yeah. Uh, number six is Final Fantasy fourteen. So. We've both discussed that we don't play MMOs, so nope. I think we can just kind of skip over that one. Yep. <laughs> I can already say I like 16 better than this one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, number five. Me. Number five is Final Fantasy Nine. Um, you know, it's kind of like Doctor Who. They say you never forget your first Doctor. Well, I never forget my first Final Fantasy. So yeah, yeah, that's it's my fair. favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I got to say, if we're ranking our top three, this is in my number three slot. I absolutely Mm -hmm. love this one. Um, After the foray into reality, which was cool, uh, seeing this style translated into a 3D world really made Mm -hmm. me happy. And Mm -hmm. there is a playfulness and also just a grim drama to the game. It manages Mm -hmm. to mix both of those things so well. The score is great. The characters are great. I still love Vivi. Like... Yeah, it, it's fantastic, and it and it still had the Uematsu score. Yeah, which... it was my first RPG. It was the first video game that ever made me cry. Yeah, you know, I was I was probably about twenty one, I think, at the time. Yeah, to, it was two thousand, so I was twenty twenty one when I played it. So mm-hmm. yeah, that yeah, was phenomenal. I remember that Beautiful. game quite well. I was uh, it was in my it was in my let's see college years. Yeah, I was in mm-hmm. college when that one came out. It was it was a blast and. Mm-hmm. 
I really, really enjoyed it. So yeah, it's it's one of my it's one of my old all time favorites in this series. Mm-hmm. So good. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four is Final Fantasy X. Yeah. Um, I would say it's my third favorite, but I I would have to couple it along with X two. Yes, um... here's the thing. Uh, yeah, I agree because I need. I kind of feel like Ten Two doesn't get its due. The mm-hmm. fun Charlie's Angels vibe and the, the mm-hmm. wackiness to it and the openness yeah. of it. That yeah. game is a blast. Yes. And I really enjoyed it. And as a couple, mm-hmm. this is like the the Sonic and Knuckles on Sonic 3 kind of, you know, add-on edition. Yeah. Uh, lock-on technology version. Because <laughs> when you get the full story with all these characters all the way through, it's mm-hmm. so much fun. And I was glad yeah. they revisited that world. Yeah. Uh, um. Yes. Yeah. So as... As a as a group, ten and ten two would be my third favorite because yeah, it's just um. Now that is not to say that I can go back and replay it because I tried a couple of years ago to go back and replay it and. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know if I could. I don't know if it holds some up. Some things, some things are just better in your memory. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, I played a ton of Final Fantasy X, and I definitely played through yeah. X two and had fun with it. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, but I put more time into X than I think it was actually a an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. I think there was just a lot to do and I was I had plenty of time to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think there's stuff about it, like the ha 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 laugh scene and things we go back to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but really, in terms of like the story, there's not a lot of moments that really come back, like other than a Blitzball reference here and there. There's right. not a lot that comes back to mind in terms of the way the other stories stick with me and some of the characters do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not so much. So I get it. I would probably put this somewhere near my like four and five spot, but mm-hmm. just because of sheer playtime and because at the time it really was, you know, again, another expansion yeah. of the series. The nostalgia there is going to be strong for me because I did spend a lot of time with it. And normally like side games, like the card game in Final Fantasy Nine, like I don't typically like those car those side games but i didn't mind blitzball too much yeah in, yeah. in final fantasy 10 so i was fine with blitzball uh-huh. there was the tetra master i could never figure out that was another thing yeah whenever there's a card game you lose me right away i just can't yeah, yeah. it's not my thing <laughs> yeah so number three is final fantasy 7 oh yes yeah. i have not had the opportunity to play yet oh goodness <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so Final Fantasy VII, obviously massively important to the series. Uh, but the I first... do know the plot, so... Yeah, yeah. you can't not. This is yeah. this is a game that, by now, cultural osmosis has taken over. You know mm-hmm. all of the major characters and plot points of this game. Yes. And it is one that they have been revisiting and remaking mm-hmm. to death incessantly since 1997. I remember mm-hmm. the day this game came out... Uh, not to name check my dad again, but he went to the mall to pick it up for me so that I had it when I got home from school that day to jump in right away. I had played like the, the demo disc version that came with one of those PlayStation magazines. I was so ready for this game. Yeah. And at the time it, it was great. It was cinematic. It was fun. Uh It would blend gameplay into cinema stuff here and there. And I, I remember just being spellbound by it. It was uh-huh. it was a lot of fun to go through at that time coming out again out of the 16-bit era. 
seeing the series you love do this was uh-huh. really cool. It was yeah. an evolution. And I was watching a friend stream the remake on um, on Twitch one day, and she was explaining to me, like, here is how they indicate when something differs from the original game. So, yeah. And it was really fascinating. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, the thing about that one that always sticks for me is that I am amongst the people who did not dig the ending. I don't think the game stuck the landing mm-hmm. in terms of – the kind of epic scope and awesomeness and big moments of the game to the point where it ended. And uh-huh. maybe it was, maybe I was just set up to be disappointed. It does, you know, it was never going to be that amazing, but uh-huh. I don't know. I just kind of felt the, the ending kind of went for me uh-huh. after an experience that was pretty great and memorable otherwise, uh-huh. but it's fine. It, it, yeah. Ultimately, if again, if we're in a top five mode, like I said, uh-huh. it, X, this it's probably X at five. Uh, this one at four, just for mm-hmm. sheer nostalgia and importance in the series. And I, I have more story beats and music cues and characters and mm-hmm. moments that I remember from seven than I do from ten. Mm-hmm. So that's why it gets the uh, the nod for me. Yeah. Uh, so in spot number two, they rank Final Fantasy number four. Yeah. So this is not your territory, right? Nope. <laughs> All right, so this was the first one that I really got into and that made me fall in love with JRPGs. Uh-huh. And the storytelling in this game, as is name-checked in the article here, is it's they're absolutely right. Uh, uh-huh. This game does wonderful things with character. It really uh-huh. tells stories in a dramatic way. You lose people that is, you know, in a way that, like, you know, later games like Chrono Trigger would play with to great dramatic effect. Uh-huh. Um, the idea of... People coming and going in your party, good and bad, and what that means in, like, your main characters, uh, Uh just transformations of your main characters. It did a whole lot, and Uh there are a lot of very memorable – the music is incredibly memorable. There are still tracks that are stuck in my head. boss fights that because they were great or because they were so difficult or who knows what they they stick with you forever. Um, mm-hmm. This is one of those games in the series that is often probably going to be within the top three, no matter mm-hmm. who is making the list. And even all this time later, I, I mm. feel like I could go back and play this game again and it would hold up. And their number one is final fantasy six. Yeah. Uh, that's really hard to deny. Mm. Mm-hmm. I know you're familiar with the series. You've yeah. probably seen like the opera house scene. Not off the top of my head. Okay. I, I, was, I was curious if is this one that has the cultural osmosis for gamers too mm-hmm. or not? Um, because not for me personally. <laughs> okay. No, I was curious. I was curious. Yeah. But like yeah, yeah. this one has better ca- overall characters, better developed characters. And mm-hmm. there are some really wonderful set piece moments. Uh-huh. Um, but because the game splits up the storytelling so it's not all focused on a a solid story being told all the way through, uh-huh. 
-hmm. it feels more broken up. There is stuff you can and will miss if you don't dig into certain characters on your very large team. Mm. So there's a lot that happens in this world. Mm -hmm. Spoiler territory. There is a wonderful, brutal, psychotic villain in this game, Kefka. Mm. And he basically wins. He destroys the world. It just happens in the middle of the game. And then you have to, like, dig out from the aftermath of that. And you revisit parts of the world that are in, like, ruins mode at this point. And then you have to decide to reband your team and go fight him anyway. And it's, it's, it's there's a lot of darkness to it. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of despair in this game, wow. uh, but also the characters, you really want to root for them. You want uh-huh. them to do well. And the, uh, uh-huh. the Esper system was really cool. Like learning, learning magic for different people on your team, everybody being able to like pick up different espers. And it was an uh-huh. early form of that kind of, you know, customizing your character kind of thing. Uh-huh. I dug that. And, and that like the opening sequence in this one with Terra and the mech. Um, walking through the snowy field with that beautiful haunting, you know, music that's still stuck in my head to this day. It's, uh-huh. it's hard to deny that this was a huge level up in terms of storytelling and ter- visually and in terms of gameplay um, when it came out versus, you know, versus the uh, uh, Final Fantasy IV. Uh-huh. Um, but of the two of them... I uh-huh. st- it's almost a coin flip for me, which is my favorite. Hmm. And I kind of have to nostalgia goggle a little bit, but I feel like I'm going to flip the top two for me. As much oh, as I okay. absolutely adore Final Fantasy VI, and it's a fantastic game that I'm sure is fun to play through to this day, uh-huh. and I'm sure there's stuff in it that I never did as a kid, uh-huh. um, I four is still probably my number one. Hmm. A lot awesome. of the things in it stick with me. And uh-huh. uh, it was just the one that made me fall in love with the series. So uh-huh. I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with that. My top three then would be uh, nine and then six and then four. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I just wanted to uh, note a few uh, songs from the soundtracks that I oh, please do. Love. Please do. Yeah. Yeah. A great soundtrack to name check. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Final Fantasy nine. Of course, Melodies of Life. I, I love that song. I know the mm-hmm. words still and. Yeah, beautiful. Um, I love the menu song from Final Fantasy X. I could listen to it all day. You could put it on a 10-hour loop and I'd be happy. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, um, in 10, 2, the songs the girls sing. There's a couple of there's a couple of songs they sing and they're super cute. So nice. Yeah. I mean, there are so many character themes from Final Fantasy VI that come to mind right away. Mm-hmm. 
would hear someone's music, and again, Chrono Trigger did this to great effect later. It would make you excited sometimes to hear a music cue. Mm -hmm. And that was fun to me, maybe as a wrestling fan. You know, maybe that sparked a little thing in my head. Um, But just to hear, like, melodies played with like that in in a game that, you know, because they had so many disparate different characters, your team could be completely different from the way someone else played it. And after the World of Ruin thing happens, after, like, the middle, you know, a kind of, like, break point in the game, Mm -hmm. you you don't necessarily have to have everybody back on your team. Like you don't even have like the main character, Tara doesn't even have to be on your team anymore. So it's, it's just a completely different experience. Um, But yeah, there is so much music in that game. It's so nice. It still sticks with you. So Yeah. yeah. There, there's so much in that game mm-hmm. that I absolutely love. And just thinking about, you know, Moogles and Chocobos. And, oh, goodness, yeah. That just makes me smile. <laughs> yep. Cactuars, even, they can be cute, even though they're vicious little little enemies sometimes. <laughs> I, I, uh, I sculpted a uh, Moogle out of clay in one of my high school art classes. Aw, that's it's probably still Probably still in my parents' house somewhere, in my old bedroom. I don't know, to find that. <laughs> So, shall we give away a game? Let's do. They deserve okay. it. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have any Final Fantasy titles no, on the list. No, unfortunately, no. <laughs> well, you pick this week because I'm hosting, so. Okay, I will I will make a pick here. A okay. game that I think you should check out is Calico. It is a beautifully styled indie game. I've checked it out myself, so I think it's definitely worth a look. Here is your code for Calico. T-W-G-T-W. H-D-0-T-G-G-Q-Q-N-G. Good luck. First to cash it in wins, Calico. Woohoo! It's a good one. All right, and that brings us to one last thing, where we both get to show some love or throw some shade at something we want to talk about. All right. You want to start us off? Yes, I will. So I have been playing the Pikmin games. I finally... um picked them up on switch i got one and two the bundle and then four i am currently on two and i am having a great time awesome that's great i you know i've been playing four and really digging it yeah i can't wait i am enjoying four and how it's i i it feels it is very much a pikmin game Mm-hmm. But the way that it's starting out and pulling you into the story this time and just spreading out the action and, it, you know, the way it rolls mm-hmm. everything out is kind of fun. So I like yeah. it. The The storytelling is woven into the uh, the level structure nicely, and I'm having fun with it. Yeah. I'm thinking about going ahead and replaying three in between two and four so I can just, you know, remember all the stuff that yeah. I've forgotten since. <laughs> it's been a couple of years since it came out, so. Yeah, it, it's quite good. And three was a blast on the Wii U too. I had yeah, three. yeah, I played it on Switch. So, yep. So, how Excellent. about you? Uh, you know, I've also this week uh, downloaded Goodbye Volcano High on the PlayStation Four, and my daughter and I have both been playing through that one. It is set in a. Uh, there are dinosaurs in a high school. Uh, the main character dinosaur is the lead singer in a band of dinosaurs. 
And they're having some very human-esque teen drama in their senior year of high school as an asteroid is headed for the planet. And there is a threat of the world being destroyed uh, in addition to all those teen dinosaurs playing through their usual daily teen drama and band drama and uh, going through their daily lives and about to graduate and feeling that tension. Um, So it is just a – a really fun, beautifully illustrated and animated game with a lovely score mm-hmm. um, and uh, great uh, little uh, music rhythm action bits as you play through the different songs that the uh, the lead singer in the band write. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the cute, just cute little story moments. There's a there's a uh, pseudo Dungeons and Dragons uh, story motif they do. So the gang will get together, and one of the games uh, one of the game's characters, the uh, the drummer in the band, is the dungeon master. And they go into this kind of highly stylized uh, art style while he's narrating the game and they go through a story bit with it. It's it's a lot of fun. So goodbye, Volcano High. Highly recommended if you're looking for something just a little bit different and fun and charactery and music-y. We are digging it. Cool. Well, I think that will do it for episode 499. You join us next time and it'll be our 500th episode. Woo! 500 of these, did you ever think? Wow. Woof. What incredible surprises will we have in store for you? Maybe four hosts. Or, you know, if you're lucky, maybe just a solo Tony. (laughs) Until next time, we're out. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Say hi on threads and Instagram at you like the worst stuff. And on Blue Sky at the worst podcast. We have a tip jar at patreon.com slash worst stuff. And thank you, if you throw a buck our way. Music provided by Eric Matias of soundimage.org. Until next time, this has been Robot Lady. Game over. One last chance to hear my voice. You like the worst stuff.